0: Here's a famous passage that uh, I'm sure you'll know well, but I'll just read the first few verses for you and uh, share something with you, I hope, today, that uh, a new light on this passage. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said to him, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. They'd gone to pray, to connect with God. And the events that happened showed that although they hadn't got to the prayer meeting, they had already been in connection with God. And that is the most important thing I want you to hear today that it's great to come to the prayer meeting. Some people I meet say, I don't come to the corporate prayer meetings, I meet with God. Well, the whole of the New Testament shows us that actually there was a corporate prayer life of the church, not just a single prayer life. And uh, where two or three are gathered is the force of what Jesus says about prayer. And it's great to have a lovey-dovey time with God ourselves and in his presence, but actually he calls us to pray alone, but he also prays calls us to pray together. So Peter and John were going to pray. But they were plugged in already. They were plugged into the power and the presence of God. So where they went, whether it be in the temple, temple gate, wherever it was, they were so plugged into God, they took God wherever they went. And when that happens in our lives, and certainly it happened with Peter and John Anything can happen. Anything can happen when you are plugged into God. When you have that connection, a divine connection. That's certainly what happened in this story. Some versions say that this man was at the gate. My version says he was on the way to the gate. He was being carried to what was for him his usual place a place where he was always put, a place where he was always sat. And I suppose the gate, beautiful, was a bit of a cruel irony for this man. Because he'd never been able to walk. And his life, if you like, was a picture of brokenness and ugliness rather than beauty. So it was quite an irony that's the place that he spent all his life. He was unable to move, but he was being moved. And I suppose as he got up that morning, his expectation for the day was no different to any other day. Another day at the office. Another day at the gates begging for money. Another day in the factory. Another day in the office. Another day in the school. Another day in the college. But he didn't know that there were a couple coming in who'd had a divine connection with God. And anything could happen. And anything can happen here in the next half hour because God is here. And it's not just me who I hope has got a divine connection, but every one of us here, or many of us here I hope, have had a divine connection. So actually, heaven can touch earth here today. Not just through me, but through each of us. Because we've been in the presence of God in our worship time, but in our private times too. We've come expecting, I hope. And let's be honest, if we come to church with any expectation other than to waste two hours, some of us never get beyond that. And we were talking, I think it was Chile and I earlier, to say, you know, if you come with a very low expectation of church, that's exactly, exactly what you'll get today. But God's here. See, God is here. So I have come this morning with some incredible expectations because God is here, that God's been speaking to me, and I know God has been speaking to you. This man's life was about to change. I wonder... Well, it's been a, a while since you've had these new chairs, isn't it? Much better with these new chairs, by the way. That funny thing, I've never seen anything like that, that you used to have here. It was like a bench, but not a bench, wasn't it? And it was great, but there were plastic chairs. For those of you who don't remember those days, don't worry about it. But it was a strange old situation. So if you moved, the rest of you moved, because they were all attached together. And um, So perhaps some of you have been a few months. I've been speaking to a few of you before the meeting. Some of you have been here for a few weeks, a few months. Some of you have been here. Maureen's for 34 years, you were saying, and others perhaps longer than that. So you've not got used to the pew where you used to, sit, used to sit, but I wonder if every Sunday you come and sit in the same place. Do you? Honestly? Do you come and sit in the same sort of area? I'm not saying you do, or you don't. I'm just saying is I wonder how different I would look if you saw my better side from this angle. I wonder if you come not to sit in the usual place but you're at the usual place no different little expectation disappointment perhaps that you've had in your life and you come with little expectation sometimes Sundays can be a little more boring than others can't they and um, perhaps we like to come here because it's nice we're welcoming I hope and you are very welcoming that's great and <coughs> Adrian's a great leader. I love him very much. I've been part of his life for a while now, and I've just seen the journey that he's been on, and Diane and Johnny, and it's great to see them here. And I know that in the months and years to come, they're going to really bless you. They really are. Um, but I wonder if you sat in the usual place, or if you actually, in your spirit, are in exactly the same place and have been for years. So this man was restricted because he couldn't walk, but he was in the same place that he'd been to for all of his life, or all of his life when he could beg for money. But this man and this other man came, who'd had a divine connection that morning, that period of their life, that three years of their lives with Jesus. And his life was about to change forever. And I have to say that I really believe today, and God's put this word on my heart, that we should pray for the crippled in body. We should pray for the crippled who are crippled emotionally. There are some people that I meet that never, ever, ever get out of that restricted area because they're crippled emotionally by the past. Broken spirits, things that have happened to me, and they are just as unmovable as this man was at the gate, beautiful. And we come to church and we talk about and we sing some beautiful songs like we did today and we, we long. And, and if only God knew my ugliness in the midst of this beauty, beauty in this church. And I just believe God wants to move us on this morning. And we want to pray for people at the end. Um, physically, I was told that last week someone was healed. Chilly, I want you to come forward later on and, and pray for people. All right, that's important that you understand that God's got an anointing on this man to pray for the sick. Heal broken bodies. And it's not because any of us here have got this power in ourselves, but we have got a power in ourselves from God. You know, we've had a divine connection. And when we've got a divine connection, all restriction has to go in Jesus' name, as we'll hear in a few moments' t- time. So he asked Peter and John for money. And had he got what he wanted, you've heard this before, I'm sure, his life would never have changed. His life would have been exactly the same. Same old, same old, same old. Sometimes our, rest- our restrictions cause us to pray restricted prayers, don't they? To one, you know, you, you shared, David, at the beginning about asking and asking and keeping on asking sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we've got the God of the impossible on our case. That all things are possible to those of us who will believe. Anyway, this man didn't get what he wanted. Um, But the man's hopes are raised because Peter says, look at us. And the man who was crippled saw that his need was for money to feed himself rather than legs to be able to work in order to feed himself. And often we go to God for the day, and there's nothing wrong in going for give us this day our daily bread. But there's something beyond that. Some of us are restricted in our thinking that way, and God wants to take us beyond that place of restriction into freedom and liberty, and I believe he will do that today. But the man's hopes are raised. And that place that many of us have or have had That mindset of a God who wants to meet our need today is a good one. Manner for today. But God wants us to give us freedom, not just for today, but for tomorrow and forever. Okay. I just need to pray, I think, at the end of our time for people who need a job. You need a job. Because God is good and he provides for our needs, doesn't he? But what you really need is a job to provide for your own family's needs. So I just believe there's a a bit of anointing. I know preachers use that word, anointing. But I want to pray for anybody who needs a job today. um, God will provide that for you. So they said to them, look at us. I want you to look all around. It's a bit dark in your auditorium. Look all around. Look all around. Just look at that lot. So a man comes off the street who can't walk. And uh, he's told to look at us. People do, you know. I heard some research recently that um, when asked, people were asked this question um, about God and about what you think about the church. Do you think he's doing a good job or whatever? And if I was to ask you that, um, I wonder what you'd say. Out of ten, how good is the church? How do people think about this church, the church? Anyway, um, I found in this research that a third of people actually um, didn't like the church, but two-thirds thought they were doing a good thing. When they asked the pastors and the leaders and the church people what they thought, whether they were doing a good thing or not, it was completely the other way around. Actually, there's people out there who actually think the church is okay, and we just think they don't. They think that God is okay. I know we've had lots of rubbish in in Rotherham recently for all sorts of reasons. What's the answer? Look at us. Look at Liberty Church. Look at the Hub. Look at Hope. Look at these churches in this town. We have the answer. Because Jesus is living in us and in, and in us is a divine, if you like, a connection. I want you to imagine that there's a plug-in point somewhere here and we're plugged into God and so when somebody comes through the church door we don't say arrogantly, look at us because we're telling them to look at the one who was in us. But truthfully, can they see in us that same restriction? Come and be Like us. Do you really want people to be like you? The answer to that is perhaps not, because we have restrictions in our lives too. Limitations. We want people, we say, come and find freedom, and the very people, and I'm one, who say, come and find freedom, aren't as free as we should be. Look at us, look all around People come looking for answers and we do have the answers because we're divinely connected. Peter and John said, we've got no money. That's a Christian, isn't it? We've got no money. That's what you want, but we do have what you need to be able to walk again. And I do believe that we all here as believers, if you are a believer, that you have everything you need, the Bible says, for life, And godliness, everything. There's nothing lacking in any of us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, lives in me and it lives in you. And so there is, as Jesus said, there is nothing will be impossible for us if we are divinely connected to the source of power. And we are. We truly, truly are. Now, um, I'm not a doctor. Don't have, do they have MD at the end? Is that just an American thing? If you get any doctors in the house, do you have MD at the end of your name? That's to do with America. But I know the consultant of all consultants. And in his name, every sickness has to go. I'm not a banker. Wish I w- no, I don't wish I was. Bankers are, are as liked as, as preachers, evangel- evangelical preachers, or they're even worse these days. But I know the banker of all bankers. And he will provide. I know the judge of all judges and he will forgive. Another name that is above every name, so every knee, every sickness, every authority, every power has to go at the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as he says here. So, if you're new to the church, and you're wondering what, what I'm talking about here, is that what we're saying is, when we become a Christian, God puts his Holy Spirit in us. And as we remain connected with God, so that, power from God can flow into us and through us. And when we pray for people, it's not because we have any divine power of ourselves, but in us is a divine power that can raise the dead. There's some divine power that can free anyone who's being restricted. So look at us. Look at me, broken, oh me, from a terrible background, from sorts of all sorts of mess, and God is still sorting my mess out. But in this broken vessel, and in the, best, the vessel of the person next to you, broken though it may be, with all the issues that they face, there is a divine power, divine power to change circumstances and change lives. Look at us. So I want you to imagine this is me or you, On the streets of Rotherham, or I can imagine it in Wakefield, and there's a beggar begging for money. There's lots of options there, isn't there? You could be very hard-hearted and give them nothing. Um, You could, in your kindness, or you may think it's kindness, you may not, um, give them some money, or you may go and buy them a sandwich, or point them to a place where... There's a food bank, or whatever. so you'll show them some help. Or you can walk by on the other side. I wonder what you do. I wonder what I do. Um, Peter and John got involved. You could have just walked away, and it wouldn't have mattered, would it? The story wouldn't have been in the Bible, but um, he got involved. And you know, the story of the Bible is this. God got involved. We were, uh, we're thinking of in a few weeks' time Christmas. It's a great period. Some Christians don't like Christmas. Never understand that? It's the birthday of my Saviour, so I have a great time. Like, one of the few times you can party as a Christian, isn't it? Celebrating Christmas. You just don't party like the world parties. But there is a doctrine of the Incarnation. Incarnational theology, which you perhaps have heard of. But what it means is this. Simply put, is that God... Emmanuel became one of us. So he came down from his, the lofty heavens and became one of us on earth. And what some of us have to do is come down from our lofty towers and isolation and get involved. Get involved in whatever way that we can. Get involved in whatever God is calling you to do. We are God's representatives. So... You know, we do struggle at times, don't we? And I hope we don't in this church. And increasingly, I think it's becoming a different model now. But in the Old Testament, um, Moses met with God. He had an incredible connection with God that no one else had. And in fact, the Old Testament teaches that nobody else wanted it either. They said, no, Moses, you go and meet with God. You go into the presence of God. And you be our representative. And we'll wait at the tent. We'll stay where we are. And you just do the job for us. And he did. And then in the New Testament, we come to what we call the fivefold ministry apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And we say, well, that's the other professionals. You do it. You, you do the prophecy, you pray for the sick, you, you do all this stuff. And um, if you do all this stuff, then, then we can just sit and spectate. You know, when you spectate, I went to watch Hull City. Those of you at the induction yesterday, the other week, remember me talking about Hull City being the best team in Yorkshire. They still are. Statistically, we're the only one in the Premier League. So whatever you feel about your team, they're still the best, whatever. And anyway, I went to watch them yesterday and we were rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Goalkeeper had a howler in the second minute. They scored a goal for 40 yards. It was despair all afternoon. We didn't have a single shot on target. And all around me, and including me, were all critics. We all know what they should be doing, don't we? You know, it's easy to be a critic. It's easy to spectate, isn't it? You can see what others cannot see. And you shout, well, I don't. Not much, Anyway. people shout all around me what the players should be doing and point to where they should go and all this sort of stuff and you know when you're a spectator you never fail you never make a mistake you never pass the ball to the wrong person never you never get hurt no one boos you so what we do is we say right that's their job in church, and we'll sit back and spectate. God wants us to get involved, and I don't just mean well. The Bible says in Matthew five about letting our light shine, and so that men will glorify God because of the good works that you are doing. And I know in this church, you've got lots of good works going. Um, I know in the city, in the town here, you've got lots of good works going. You feed the poor, you help the poor, you help the homeless here. You're raising funds for charity through the the bookshop and stuff. And it's great, all those things that you're doing. Helping the poor, that's good works, isn't it? And you're probably involved in other good works. But that's not the only good works. Jesus said this to the disciples. Greater things than these shall you do. Because I go to the Father... And so good works aren't just helping and feeding the poor, which is great, if you can do that, it's connecting supernaturally with God, so that when you've got the opportunity to feed the beggar, or give money to the beggar, actually you say, can I pray for you? Now that's scary, isn't it? Because giving money is actually quite a cop-out, isn't it? Or can be, or... Pointing them somewhere else is, okay, I've done my bit, but actually, I wonder next time you see a beggar on the town centre in London, if they allow them, I wonder whether you ask them, I- I'll give you this, can I pray for you? And maybe, just maybe, in that risk that you take taking there, oh, I, might, I might look a fool. Of course you will. They might say no. They might say a load of expletives to you, but actually if in Assemblies of God Church is what we are and we believe in the priesthood of all believers that basically means that every one of us every believer in this house can pray for the sick and they will recover actually if if God actually wants every one of us well, in fact, he says he would that all of us prophesy you think oh no that's for Pastor Adrian he's got that gift and he has actually got that gift but do you know something in your factory tomorrow Pastor Adrian ain't there and if we're restrictive and oh no, oh no, I best spectate here because I might look a, a, a fool, and you will, but maybe, just maybe, a guy who's coming in to work tomorrow with an expectation of staying in the same place, not moving on, will meet someone who's connected with God today. Great things can happen, can't we? Because we're connected with God. That's what I say the presence is what it's all about. Get into the presence of God as a corporate body, but also alone and who knows what can happen at work. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus. Let's be courageous, can we, this week and move out from our comfort zone and say, Lord, I'm going to pray for somebody this week. In the name of Jesus, it's not a matter of the words, and you may, you, your words may sound like gibberish to the person. Don't pray in tongues over them, by the way. Don't do that. Pray for them so in language they can understand. But pray. Maybe about the target to give yourself this week? I'm going to pray. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to speak into someone's life today. Now I ask the sound, the, the sound guys to turn the lights out and the lights. Now it's not as dark as it could be and our eyes will get adjusted to it but it's pretty dark and in the last few days and in your town we've had a lot of dark days. Some people don't like the darkness but this is what the Bible says about Jesus. He came to destroy all the works of darkness and the evil one. And actually we shouldn't be afraid of the dark. All we need to do is turn the lights on. There you do. Turn the light on. Go in there and turn the light on. That's simple as that. Go and be an incarnational in your theology. Be a theologian this week. Tell Pastor Adrian, I've become a theologian this week, Pastor Adrian. I've become an incarnational representation of Jesus in my factory, in my work, in my school. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Get involved. You know, you, you, The spectator doesn't get dirty, does he? Or she. He um, used to be a player used to play for the whole city. Some of you won't know this name, but his name was Rach Carter. And he was a great player. He played for England in the 1940s and 50s. And they used to say about him, you never knew that he'd play the game because he never, ever, ever, ever had any mud on him. He was just such a great, great, great player. Well, there aren't many like that about. And there aren't any Christians either. Let's get a bit dirty. All right, and let's find that release. So to close then. This man was never the same again. And because someone had connected with God, this man was healed. And in Jesus' name be healed. And I know time is going, so we want to pray. In Jesus' name for healing, physically. We want to pray for Jesus' name. In Jesus' name that emotional limitations and prisons, if you like, will be lifted. And actually, more than all that, that actually that restriction that we put on ourselves, that it's not for me that, that's for pastor or for Chile he's got a gift or others have got a gift actually there's a bad connection, it's for you for you yeah if I bring him to church somebody might pray for them, no? No, 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 no have the courage to do that will you and do you know what happened, that guy who used to sit at the same place every day of his life has been changed he is Jumping and leaping and praising God. Because two men, full of the Holy Spirit, and in connection with God, and have been in his presence, obviously with Jesus for three years, were there. It just so happened that they were there when He was coming to the gate. And it just so happens that someone is going to be waiting for you today or tomorrow. Or a word from God, or a prayer for healing, or whatever it may be, something supernatural, or some food and supernatural. Both together. Everyone, says he, was filled with awe. And what a testament that would be that in your place of work, everyone would be filled with awe and wonder. If you've got a liver disease or liver problem, when you come forward and pray, we want to pray for you at the end of our time together. You want to move on from where you are. I don't know if this is a chance to just come forward. If you don't, then make it a different day. But You've never ever been forward for prayer. I've met elders who have never been forward for prayer. Now elders, if you come forward, I don't know if you've ever been forward for prayer, okay? You just come forward. If, cause what, 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 it's not to make me feel better honestly because nobody comes forward it's not the end of the world I've delivered what I felt God wanted me to do but maybe you need to move from the place where you normally are and in walking forward for prayer to receive something from God actually what you're saying is Lord I'm moving from my place of limitation use me Lord may I be able to say look at me to my friends because I follow Jesus like Paul said so, Paul's going to sing a song which is called Deeper, Going Deeper with God. And just sing that quietly, Paul, if you would, just nice and quietly and gently. And as he sings that, I want to invite you to come forward for prayer. Step up.